0: Astrologically, April 2023 might have been a time of big shifts. You might be seeing some of those shifts happen in your life already. You might have had major events, or you might be feeling the subtle energy changes and see the shifts on the horizon in your life. So, if to use an analogy, if April was a month of sparks flying and, um, new energies sparking in your life, then May is the month of the hot coals. Once a fire has started, it takes some time for the coals, the embers, the bed of the fire to um, ignite and then once that happens the fire is steady and that is the energy of May 2023. So we'll talk about astrologically why of course with all the details that you need in this episode, all the shifts that are happening astrologically and of course what those mean and we'll end on yoga practices and journal prompts for the astrological weather because that's what a yogi scope is, a horoscope for yogis. Of course we're going to tell you how to work with this astrological energy in your yoga practice and some journal prompts to bring it down to Earth in your life. So that's a Yogi Scope. This is the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. First, I always like to say we use the sidereal zodiac. That's what I'm a Vedic astrologer, which means we use the sidereal zodiac in the Vedic astrology system. If you don't know your sidereal or Vedic birth chart, it looks very different. Then the Western birth chart, you can grab it at my website, yogiscopes.com, spelled just like this podcast, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S.com slash chart. And yeah, get your birth chart there for free. You can run as many charts as many times as you want. You can get your mom's chart, your friend's chart, your uh, brother's chart, your uh, dog's chart. I don't know, your, your future Tinder matches chart, whatever you want. You can run as many charts as you want. Um, But then you can also get the free handy dandy worksheet called the birth chart decoder so that you can start to understand what you're looking at when you run those charts and just stick around. Listening to the podcast will help a lot. You'll start to get it over time as we go on. And so let's talk about what's happening in May and why what I mean, but with that fire analogy and um, yeah, and what the energies are. So stick with us. First of all, I want to say I'm just going to rattle off the dates of what's happening because some people care. Some people want to write them down. If you're not one of those people, you can zone out for the next, like, minute and a half. I'll tell you when to zone back in. Or also, if you're a visual person like me and you like to see them written down, two ways you can do that. Jump on my email newsletter. When you get the birth chart decoder, it will sign you up for my newsletter, and I will send out a newsletter after this podcast goes live, so sign up for it soon. Um, And you'll get, I always send them written down, usually on the first day of the month or the last day of the previous month. And um, if you join the membership, you can get the 2023 calendar. You can also just buy it by itself, yogiscopes.com slash 2023. And you can get the whole rest of the year. We're not even halfway through the year yet. So um, lots of good stuff in there. You can see more details about what's included on that website page, yogiscopes.com slash 2023. But the calendar is included in the membership. So that's the last housekeeping thing I'll say. The first major shift happening this month in May is Pluto is going retrograde in Capricorn. So this isn't anything to be scared of. I'll get into it in a moment. Um, I'll talk more about what what it means. I just want to tell tell you the dates real quick for those of you that want to write them down or something. Um, On the very next day, on May 2nd, Venus enters Gemini. So, of course, we'll talk about what all this means individually in a second. Um, On Friday, May 5th, we have a full moon lunar eclipse in Libra, which the most immediately recent episode of this podcast was all about that eclipse. You already have all the details there. Go and listen to it if you haven't already. Um, And then Wednesday, May 10th, Mars enters Cancer. So Mars only changes signs about once every couple months. Talk more about that in a second, of course. Then we have, yay, finally on Sunday, May 14th, Mercury will go direct in Aries. So we have one retrograde starting, another one ending, might bring a little bit more forward moving energy um, once Mercury goes direct, but we'll talk about the caveats to that in just a moment. On Monday, May 15th, the Sun is moving into Taurus. It's been with Aries the whole time, or in Aries, with Mercury retrograding the whole time it's been retrograding. Um, And then immediately after that, on Friday, May 19th, we'll have a new moon in Taurus. Of course, there's always going to be a separate episode about the new and the full moons because those are my jam. Um, And then Tuesday, May 30th, we end the month with Venus entering Cancer. So what's important for you to know about that specifically is that for the first part of the month, when Venus enters Gemini, that's where Mars is right now. And then 10 days later, Mars will enter Cancer. So Venus and Mars will briefly conjoin. Oh, this is where you want to zone back in if you didn't care about the dates. So let's talk about Venus and Mars first, because Venus is spending the good majority of this month of May 2023 in Gemini. Um, And the first half of the month, the ruler of Gemini, Mercury, will be retrograding. So what does that mean in a nutshell? That communication in relationships might be a little challenged, especially for the first 10 days while Mars is there in Gemini with Venus. You might be feeling a little extra passion, a little heated. That could be a good thing. You know, it might tone up your um, want, your desire to kind of nurture, emotionally nurture yourself or your partner or your loved ones. But so Gemini is this sign of like communication, right? Um, And Mercury's retrograding. So just be a little careful with your words. It might be kind of challenging to express your emotions in a way that's not fiery, especially for the first, you know, until May 10th. Um, And then after May 10th, when Mars leaves Gemini into Cancer, that might ease the energy a little bit. And then when Mercury, the ruler of Gemini, goes direct on the 14th, that might also ease the Um, challenging energy around communication in relationships. So it can be a a beautiful thing. This is why you listen to astrology podcasts, because you want to have the weather report so you can know how to be mindful and intentional and careful. If you are mindful and intentional and careful around your communication in relationships, especially for these first two weeks, we'll say, of May, um, it can be a really beautiful thing for your relationships. Maybe you can communicate in a way that's like better than you have been. Just be careful. Be really intentional about being in touch with your own feelings so that you can communicate those effectively to your loved ones. And especially once Mars enters cancer, can you cultivate a, um, a keen skill of being aware and receptive to your loved ones and those around you and what they're expressing um emotionally or uh what what kind of passions they would like to express. So this is two-way street with relationships. So for the first half of the month communication might be a little challenged. It could be a good time to have I always think when the energy's high around something if you've been needing to have like say a hard conversation it might be actually a good time. Um, Just be mindful of that emotions running high in communication related to relationships for the first half of the month. So, that has to do with um, Venus entering Gemini right at the beginning of the month. And so, just FYI, that's the energy of the first couple weeks related to Venus and Mars and Mercury and all that. But also be paying attention to what comes up in relation to your passions, your creativity relationships while Venus is with Mars, pay attention to how that um, energy feels like it affects you, Venus and Mars being together, because they don't often travel together the way Venus and Mercury and the sun often are traveling together. Okay. Um, So this conjunction is good for passion and creativity. Um, It can be fiery, like I've been describing, but Notice, so Venus will be with Mars for the first 10 days when it enters Gemini. That's where Mars currently is. And then Mars will move on before Venus does. But at the end of the month, Venus will move into Cancer with Mars. And because um, Mars moves slower than Venus, and Mars changes signs about every two months, Venus changes signs about every one month. It's pretty on par with the sun, Venus is. Um, Uh... The, the entire month of June, Venus and Mars will be together in Cancer. And it's worth noting that in July, so briefly, um, I think Mars will move on first. I, I don't remember. I was looking at it before I recorded this, but one of them will move on first and then the other, and then Venus will go retrograde in July in Cancer. So it's really, really worth paying attention to how this Um, energy affects you for the first few days of May and how how you feel related to this um, Venus and Mars being together. So Venus will retrograde in Cancer, but right now is kind of where you want to start paying attention to the Cancer area of your chart, especially after Mars moves there on May 10th. pay attention to how you feel what what does Venus and Mars being conjoined even though it's in a different sign what does that bring up to you how does that energy feel to you because when Venus goes retrograde you will want to kind of work with that you'll it's it's always good before a retrograde to to kind of know how it might feel for you and the best way to know how it might feel for you specifically is to pay attention right like I can tell you until I'm blue in the face but it's going to hit a little bit better when you pay attention and you have an embodied sense of what I mean because you've been paying attention, right? So once Venus goes retrograde, if you notice issues coming up now during the first, you know, 10-ish days of this month, you might kind of set the intention to be working with that, releasing some karmic patterns or baggage or whatever when Venus does go retrograde later this summer. Um, And so then we talked about Venus. Let's talk about Mars. When Mars moves into cancer, that is Mars' debilitation point. Mars Mars will be debilitated in cancer. So for the whole two months-ish until like mid-July, I think, is when Mars leaves cancer. You can find that in the planner if you want to know ahead of time, yogiscopes.com slash 2023. Because I don't keep these dates in my head. That's why I make the planner so that I don't have to. Um, So you don't either. So you can get it either by joining the membership, yogiscopes.com slash membership, or yogiscopes.com slash 2023 to just get the planner itself. Um, So Mars will be debilitated in Cancer. And what that means is it's not as much of a good time for like forward action for like things that require your utmost um like inner warrior type energy. So that's fine. We know that, like I mentioned on the eclipse episode, we're moving into Pitta season here in the Northern Hemisphere. So Pitta season, summertime, is this like fiery season in general, but part of pitta season summertime is like yes you might be doing more but hopefully folks are also taking time to like relax and and spend time by the pool or whatever like take a vacation um that kind of stuff we are hopefully doing more because the days are longer we're accomplishing more than in the winter time for example or kapha season when we're turning earthward and kind of being internal um but Mars being in Cancer might kind of like reel that in some. It, it might be more of a time to be like passionate and feminine. So with all that said, um, this whole Venus and Mars thing we have going on this month, one of the things that I want to suggest as what it's a good month for. So as always on the monthly Outlook episodes, I will say all the things like all the, the individual things and anything that I think is worth noting about the individual shifts that are happening this month, but we'll tie it all together with the overall energies of the month. What's a good month for a bad month for, and then your yoga practices and journal prompts. But in general, I think it's a good month for, and this will tie into your yoga practices, um, masculine and feminine balancing within your own self. So some folks here in the U.S. have unpacked this like gender thing more than others that's all i'll say about that um some folks are like oh i have this biology so i'm this gender but in truth and and vedic culture sort of recognizes this the mythology recognizes this that we all have masculinity and femininity within us and this month astrologically because of what we have going on with venus and mars but also Ayurvedically, because we're switching at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, because we're really during May switching into Pitta season here, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, we're at the juncture of seasons, it's always a good time to kind of find balance between those. So like Kapha and Pitta here at this Ayurvedically, find balance between the earthy, um, feminine, yin, dark, cool archetypes within you and the fiery, uh, young sun out there, like putting yourself out there. So find the balance between that within you. This month would be a good time to consider that and navigate it and just consider your relationship there. And if you are experiencing an imbalance, the journal prompt prompts, it's kind of like one prompt wrapped into like, it might be a lot of unpacking should help with that. Um, so that's, that's Venus and Mars and everything happening there. Um, Yeah, so expressing emotions can be challenging when Mars is in cancer, when Mars is debilitated. So sort of that energy that I said related to communication and relationships will persist even after Mars moves away from Venus. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to point out on this episode, because I won't do any other episode um, about this specifically, is Pluto going retrograde in Capricorn on the first of the month. So Like I mentioned, it's not really anything to be scared about because Pluto goes retrograde every year for five or six months. It's a thing that happens. Pluto stays in a sign for um, like 20 years or something. I don't know exactly. I don't remember. I get the outer planets mixed up personally of like how long they stay in a sign. But it's all, all three of them, Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune are like 10 plus years. So the Vedic system originally didn't even recognize them because they're not visible to the naked eye. Um, so they hadn't been discovered yet when this system was being enshrined, being passed down and, and formulated, sort of, if you will. But I actually was just reading a discussion this morning um, because some newer Vedic astrologers are adopting them and using them. And others are really attached to not using them because they're not in the ancient text. And I did hear a good argument this morning that somebody said, well, um, Vedic astrology, Jyotish, is the science of light. And they are not visible, meaning there's no light um, reaching Earth, reaching us beings on Earth from those planets. So that by that argument, by by Vedic astrology being the science of light, um, they have no effect on us, but I'm like, the way I think about that is like, whether they do or don't, whether the light spectrum is actually why astrology works or not, I personally don't care. I like to, I enjoy science and I think no better do better, right? Like I, I strive not to have a belief system that's threatened by other belief systems. And that includes, science, right? That's a belief system that people get just as dogmatic about as any religion. I've seen it. Um, uh, whether or not that, that that's even like how astrology works, I don't really care. What matters from an astrological sense. So that's the astronomy piece related to Pluto. What matters from an astrological sense for Pluto is because it spends so long, nearly a generation, right? Generation length of time, 10 to 20 years, Um, In a sign means its effects are generational rather than personal. So your Pluto placement in your chart is going to be what you have in common with like your entire generation, basically. Um, And I think that makes a lot of sense astrologically. Um, And so anyway, Pluto and Capricorn, most of these. um, So Pluto moved into Capricorn, had a lot to do with the. like COVID and the Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff we saw related. So Pluto just shortly represents um, it's, it's sometimes considered a shadow planet. And some Vedic astrologers, again, like some are like just really attached to not using outer planets at all. And some are like, let's figure this out. Um, so for the Vedic astrologers that do use it, most consider it a shadow planet with connections to um, the underworld and our psyche, right? And Capricorn is associated with discipline, responsibility, hard work, um, the structures in our life, like how we earn money. That's why I said that Bitcoin thing. Um, So when Pluto goes retrograde, basically any planet in retrograde, those energies just get distorted. Think like a funhouse mirror. And sometimes the funhouse mirror makes things bigger and sometimes it makes things smaller. Right. So. The, the particulars are going to depend on your chart, and this is another one of those things where I think you can learn and stuff, but your best bet to know how it affects you is to just pay attention to how it's showing up for you. Um, and When Pluto goes retrograde, though, I'm going to say what I think you should do with this time for the next like six or so months while it's retrograde in Capricorn is to consider your goals and ambitions. And the alignment or lack thereof between your actions, your goals, and your values. So hopefully your goals are an expression of your values that come from your deep psyche stuff, right? And your actions hopefully align with those goals. And in fact, that's what a lot of the work in front of the planner um, There's worksheets in the front of the 2023 planner that should help you with that, aligning your your actions with your goals and with your values. Right. Um, But if you need help, this is kind of stuff I love talking about. So hit me up um, or get the planner and do the the activities in the front. Um, So, yeah. So that's mostly it for the little caveats I wanted to say related to the individual shifts happening this month. So the overall energies of everything like we have, I mean, Venus and Mercury usually move signs every month. Mercury's been in Aries. It's been retrograde in Aries. It's notice it's not leaving Aries this month. It will leave Aries on. I think it's June 7th when Mercury finally moves or thereabouts finally moves on to Taurus, which is it's a long time to be in Aries. It's with Rahu. Um, and we're having this eclipse in libra this um so we're still in eclipse season for the first you know bit of the month the first couple weeks of the month um my interpretation of this entire month is it's the hot coals of the there's like a fire analogy that i'm using april created the sparks so you might notice or have noticed in april sparks flying somewhere in your life you could go back and listen to the april Um, Outlook or the Jupiter and Aries really podcast episode to hear more about that. There might be sparks flying somewhere in your life because that area of life is ripe for a change. And are you sort of like holding on to something that you shouldn't be? Or is there new energy just bubbling up ready to spark forth? That might have shown itself in April. Um, And then May is the time, so I talked about this on the Eclipse podcast episode too, to just choose what you're going to do and do it. Because if you're always staying in that sparks flying zone um, and your fire is never catching, the idea with a fire, like if you ever built a campfire, is you want to get the coals hot. You want to, um, because that's what sustains the fire right is the hot coals and so that's kind of the energy we have going on this month like um with the sun entering taurus it's an earth sign um venus and mars together is just like bringing this and then mars and cancer is bringing this like kapha energy to the fire of mars and the sun which would be like the hot coals part of the fire if you you know if that makes sense um so what way can you kind of embody that this month. Like, choose what you want to do. Like, just like I talked about on the eclipse episode, and then especially as we move out of eclipse season, um, so really from that new moon on is when we're really finally out of the uh, eclipse shadow period. So after the, the final eclipse on May 5th, and then even more so after the new moon in Taurus on May 19th, how can you bring that, like, steady, hot coals energy to whatever it is you're trying to Accomplished because the hot coals energy is like, um, like how are you going to maintain when the winds of change of seasons or like, um, whatever, when stuff's trying to like blow you off course, how are you going to maintain, like bring that sort of hot coals energy to whatever, you know, fire you're trying to start in your life, basically? Um, So, yeah, how can you stay grounded and maintain momentum, especially while Mars is debilitated without explosiveness in relationships and communication, especially while Mars is with Venus and Gemini and Mercury's retrograde? So hope that makes sense. Um, And so the other overall energy is to make sure you communicate intentionally in your relationships. I hope I made that clear when I was talking about Venus and Gemini and Mars and all that. Um, So it's a good month for evaluating how your actions, goals, and values align or don't. And uh, so all three of those things, do your insides match your outsides? Are your goals, your short-term or long-term goals in line with your values? um, And are your actions really in line with those, right? And if you find that there's a disconnect, it happens because a lot of times we're just like, doing the next thing. And sometimes we get a little pulled off course. What internal work, especially, I mean, so Pluto's going retrograde at the beginning of the month. So all month, it's a time to do the internal work. What's coming up in your psyche, especially around this eclipse in Libra. Um, you can listen to the whole episode about that. What's uh, What do you need to do within you in these, it's like two weeks around the eclipse, a week before and a week after. Um, so the first two weeks of the month to stay on track. And it's also a good month for striving for balance between masculine and feminine energies in your life. Um, So it's a good month for taking the time of the eclipse the first couple weeks of the month to lay low and align, do this inner work, um, do your spiritual practice, do your journaling. And then after that, as we move forward, um, especially as we approach the new moon in Taurus, to just like get to work, building your fire, raking the hot coals, keeping it going, right? Maintain that momentum, especially once Mercury goes direct. Um, Yeah. And so it's a bad month for hot headed communication in relationship. When I say bad month for I mean, you watch out for these things like this is the energy. This is like the shadow side of the energies. Um, So watch out for these things. Try not to do these things is what I mean when I say it's a bad month for. Uh, So make sure to To kind of combat that hot-headedness, especially in the early part of the month that you might be feeling or noticing others around you feeling, uh, just stay grounded in your emotions. Do that inner work to stay connected to your emotions so that when you have, like, a need or something, you can communicate it more effectively instead of just flying off the handle, popping off. Um, Yeah. And just stay nice and grounded. Do that spiritual work and practice to um, mitigate your own emotions so you're not projecting them all over other people. And notice when other people do that, that they might be more prone to that, especially for the first part of the month. Um, And then it's also a bad month for getting caught up in shiny object syndrome, especially while Mercury is still retrograde. And during the eclipse season, um, eclipses kind of distort the energy. You might be getting all these ideas. And so that's what I was saying on the eclipse episode is like, pick something and stick with it. Like, even if you make the wrong choice, hypothetically speaking, like there is a wrong choice, there might not be um, if you're going to make less progress, especially while Mars is debilitated, if you're switching around um stuff so just put your head down and do something, build the fire you've got right is kind of the idea for this month um yeah, and so yoga practices left and right side balancing like nadi Shodna, alternate nostril breathing. Um, Yeah, what can you do to balance between your left and right sides? And this is something I say in the asana classes I teach often, you would be weird to make it very far into adulthood, um, like into your mid to late 20s without some kind of asymmetry in your body. Just because you have two of everything doesn't mean that you're symmetrical and can you spend this month perhaps exploring these asymmetries in your own body and Thinking maybe esoterically, how that's how that shows up in your life. What patterns are there? Are you really overly tight on your right or masculine side, or are you, you know, what's going on in your body? And does that align archetypally with what you're experiencing? And if you need help sorting that out, um, reach out to me because that's my jam. As a budding yoga therapist, I'm almost done with my yoga therapy cert- certification. That's kind of what yoga therapy is is helping people sort stuff like that out. Also face yoga. Yes. Um, because of, um, so Mark or cancer is the face. Um, because of this like Venus and cancer energy, I don't know, do some face yoga, especially if your face gets like bound up from being stressed or something face yoga it's a good month for that and then second third and fourth chakra work so I talked on the eclipse episode about um second and third chakra with Mars we want to balance Agni always especially as we move into to Pitta season um and then with Mars uh being debilitated it might put a little bit of a damper on your inner fire right so that um and then the the fourth chakra is tying in because of all this cancer energy as well as mercury being right so the air element is being is um present here fourth chakra and then second chakra because of the eclipse in libra um and then all, so so really um those three chakras is also where you might experience balancing masculine and feminine in your body um, so you might work with them in a physical sense. Yeah. Let me know if you have any questions about how to work that into your practice or join us for a practice, Yogi Scopes Flow, sometime this month. Um, and so your journal prompts, it's really one prompt, but um what is your relationship with sustained intensity or like the hot coals archetype in your life? Do you lack hot coals? Is your fire just a blazing and you're always getting burnt out? But never really making that um, progress or do you kind of avoid the heat of the hot coals I don't know you can stick with the fire analogy if you like but just think about what's your relationship with intensity are you always putting yourself in so much intensity that you're getting burnt out or are you shying away maybe you've experienced burnout before or something or something else is keeping you from um, being with that that intensity can you cultivate a level of intensity this month that feels sustainable. So it feels like you won't get burnout, especially once Mars becomes debilitated. Um, but you also won't be like smothering your fire, especially once Mars gets debilitated. So what's your relationship with sustained intensity? Explore that. Let me know your thoughts, questions. I'm always here for you and as always remember to keep your feet on the ground your head in the stars and stay in the light so this is usually where I say it until next time but I also want to remind you to jump on the wait list for the astrology for yogi's course if you want to learn more in depth how to how I do this how do I come up with the yoga practices like if you have questions about how to build a yoga practice around second third and fourth chakra if you're like what do you even mean by that so if you care enough, you don't have to be a yoga teacher to take this. I find that yoga teachers seem to be the ones most drawn to it. But if you care enough about your yoga practice to want to learn how to harness the astrological energies for yourself, and you want to learn Vedic astrology more in depth, so that you can sort of understand it for yourself, for your classes, if you teach, right, get on the waitlist more, the doors will be opening soon and the folks on the waitlist get first pick Of the choose, first uh, chance at signing up, along with a special bonus that will be announced soon. Um, yeah, so jump on the waitlist. Jumping on the waitlist doesn't commit you to anything, uh, it just you'll get the details first. And there's going to be limited spots, I haven't decided exactly how many, but it's probably going to be less than 10 um, because of the nature of the bonus. That, yeah, because, yeah, so just get on the waitlist. And keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care. Have a great month of May.